the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plain talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. It's Sunday, 4 o'clock, and what does that mean? It means it's the best hour in radio of the week. It is the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and each week, Sundays, 4 to 5, you can hear about law, politics, and the state of Israel. Only smart plane Common sense, respectful discussion from those on both sides of the aisle, all sides, in fact, of the important issues of the day, some that are talked about by everyone, some that are talked about by very few, but yet are important. And today is no different as we have some of the best guests anywhere on talk radio Today we're talking to the challenger for the 5th Congressional District in the state of Minnesota, the Democratic uh, nomination, and that is Donna Samuels, one-time city council member, long-time city council member in the city of Minneapolis, when things were beautiful in the city of Minneapolis and uh, wonderful. I live and work in the city, downtown in fact. As you know, Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm downtown Minneapolis, and we're broadcasting today from the Parker Daniels Keyboard studio downtown Minneapolis. Ilan Omar currently represents the 5th Congressional District in the state of Minnesota, which includes the city of Minneapolis amongst some of the western suburbs as well. A little bit of space there and coverage for the 5th Congressional District. And so Ilhan Omar speaks for me. She is my representative in the United States Congress. And I wonder if she really speaks for me. I've thought about it. Uh, And I, I keep coming back to the same answer. No, no, she doesn't. Don Samuels is going to be seeking the Democratic nomination with the primary coming up. And we'll talk to Don uh, momentarily. In the meantime, pull out that number two pencil and yellow pad. Yes, I know you have it handy. And jot this down. Other than the website, ParkerDK.com, which I'm sure you're all familiar with, Uh, 
Next week, or in a couple weeks, actually, uh, Minnesota State Senator Ron Latz will be joining us on the Victory Hour. Yes, that's right, 1280 AM, The Patriot. Every Sunday, we're here. And if you don't get us from 4 to 5 on Sundays on 1280 AM, uh, lock into Freedom 1570, 1570 AM from 6 to 7 PM when there is a, a rerun. And you can listen to the entire show, full hour. Or you can go to the Andrew Parker podcast, and they're all there, hundreds of them. Podcasts over the last nearly six years, we've been talking to you all, taking your calls, and covering the big issues of the day. Well, the 5th Congressional District race is what we're going to talk about today. But in a couple weeks, it'll be Ron Latz, Democrat, liberal Democrat, friend of mine, goes way back. Uh, We don't agree on much, but... He is in the Minnesota State Senate, has been for a number of years. And we're going to talk about some of the disagreements between the Republicans and Democrats over there uh, at the state capitol and how they're doing for us, John Q. Public, each and every one of us. We get up, go to work every day. Hopefully we have a job. Not, hopefully we're going to find one soon. Uh, And try to support and take care of our family. It's getting tougher to do that, isn't it? Well, what are they doing over at the state capitol? We're going to talk to Ron Latz about how they're trying to help us, or are they harming us? And then shortly thereafter, I believe the following week, we're going to have uh, Matt Burke on the show. Yes, Lieutenant Governor candidate running with Dr. Scott Jensen against uh, Tim Walz to unseat the governor, current Governor Tim Walz, uh, Matt Burke. One time, a member of the Purple, as you all know. And it's going to be an interesting election. It's going to be a very interesting election. Let me tell you, before we get to Don Samuels, I've been thinking a lot over the last uh, several weeks uh, as I continue to drill down on the polarization in the United States and the difficulty of respectful discussion, something that we do here. As you all know, we've had uh, many who you know disagree with me on policy on the show, including Amy Klobuchar, Tina Smith, Dean Phillips, a number of times uh, on the show, as well as Angie Craig. Uh, and we talk respectfully. We talk about the issues. We talk about the prescriptions. Why? Because the end game result, we all pretty much agree on. We agree that there should be an end to poverty. There should be an end to homelessness. We should take care of uh, those with mental health issues. Uh, Tax policy and having people spend the money that they earn, we all want to do that. However, the levels are different, and the prescriptions for how to get there are different, far different oftentimes. So when you think you have come to truth, to that absolute truth, oh, this is the way it is. I have been living my life witnessing this, that, or the other, and the truth is this or that. Really? What's wrong with continuing to maintain the open mind? Having some ambivalence about whether 
your convictions are really truth. And I've determined that I continue to learn. As you all know, I was a one-time liberal Democrat, worked for Ted Kennedy in 1980 in his presidential run right here in Minnesota on his campaign as a young buck and learned a lot back then, believed in it, voted for every Democrat since. Until, and including, by the way, Al Gore against George W. Bush back in 2000. Uh, my, my views began to change as I saw the repeated policy prescriptions of the left failing because there were many, many years of democratic control and policy application since the Great Society and LBJ. And it became difficult for me to continue to go back to that trough of policy when it wasn't working. Frankly, Republican policy uh, didn't fare a heck of a lot better. Now, like him or dislike him, Donald Trump policy uh, did fairly well, uh, particularly for minority groups, uh, reducing unemployment to the lowest levels in history since recorded for black Americans, for Hispanic Americans, increasing the employment for women. Now, many will say, well, it wasn't because of Donald Trump. You know, it happened because of a number of different things. And yeah, maybe, maybe it's coincidence. And this isn't a commercial for Donald Trump. It is simply the policies that he put in place uh, were policies that seemed to make sense. And by the way, they were not all conservative policies. Many say Donald Trump is not a conservative. I'm setting aside the social issues for a minute. So the message here is when you are have conviction and you believe that there is but one truth, uh, take a step back. Take a listen. And maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll be able to advance the discussion out of openness rather than polarized discord. That's something that'll help everybody. No doubt. When we come back after this short break, we're going to be joined by Don Samuels. Long time, long, long time citizen of the city of Minneapolis. Knows the 5th Congressional District as well or better than anybody. And he is seeking the Democratic nomination for the 5th Congressional District House of Representatives seat against Ilhan Omar. Stay with us. We'll be right back. In the meantime, go to ParkerDK.com. Indeed. ParkerDK.com to learn more about the premier litigation law firm downtown Minneapolis. We'll be right back.
We're back. I'm Andrew Parker, and yes, it is the Victory Hour once again uh, this wonderful Sunday. And we're joined today by longtime city council member for the city of Minneapolis and uh, a man who knows the 5th Congressional District as well as anyone, and he is running for Congress in the 5th for the Democratic nomination, which, you know, by all accounts, uh, will be the next congressperson for the 5th Congressional District, whoever wins that uh, nomination, because it is, I think it's a plus 26 Democrat uh, seat. Uh, and that is Don Samuels. Uh, Don, thank you very much for joining us this Sunday on the Victory Hour. Thank you, Andrew. It's great to be here. Just uh, looking forward to it. Well, I'll tell you, you know, Don and I go back, got to be more than 20 years uh, or about that, when I did quite a bit of work uh, on a number of different matters for the city of Minneapolis, uh, representing the city. I, I started my representation of the city, and Don was on the city council in uh, representing the police department. The city was self-insured at the time, and representing the police department in excessive force cases, and then uh, other employment-related cases, as well as, in particular, uh, investigations. Got to know Don well back then, and uh, he uh, was always uh, one of the most respectful and respected members of the Minneapolis uh, City Council. It's great to see you again, Don. Thank you. Great to see you. So... You've decided to throw your hat in the ring some time ago now uh, to become the 5th District Congressman representing that district from the state of Minnesota in the House of Representatives. I I wonder why you have done that, and do you feel like uh, there is a chance for you to get the Democratic nomination against Ilhan Omar, remember, she was up against a pretty good candidate the last time around who was very well funded, and she swamped him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, thank you for having me on, Andrew. I really appreciate it. Good to see you again. You, you look like you haven't aged much. I'm trying to keep <laughs> up with you. So <laughs> You look great but, as uh, well. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yes, I have uh, indeed um, been sitting on the sidelines of politics for uh, five years or so as I run an organization called Microgrants, where we give small grants to low-income folks to start a business or a career. And uh, observing the politics, in fact, I did meet with Antone very early in his uh, decision to run and uh, he was the him. candidate who ran against Ilhan two years ago. For all of those of you who were living under a rock and didn't realize, Antone Melton Mukes, uh, a good candidate, and you met with him, Don. Yes, I met with him early and uh, supported him. I was already beginning to become disenchanted with our current uh, Congresswoman uh, Omar um, and the positions she was taking. The her, her seeming um, predisposition to alienate uh, some of our constituents and uh, 
I think that's only gotten worse. And in fact, the straw that broke the camel back for me was um, the fact that she took a strong stand to abolish the police in Minneapolis, um, uh, putting us in danger, especially here on the north side, but certainly in the region, as young people got the message that it was open season on the community and the leadership was endorsing a sort of laissez-faire approach or attitude to crime and a demoralizing police. I, we felt that you could uh, hold the police accountable, reform, and seize the George Floyd moment of public awareness and vulnerability of the department, and at the same time, have enough police officers to keep us safe. And we were jeopardized by the position the council and then Congresswoman Omar took. So I decided to come out of uh, hibernation, get back into politics to uh, provide a different kind of leadership that was less contrarian, more collaborative, and um, that knew the district well. Well, there's no question uh, throughout your political career, uh, you have been collaborative, and it's something you know well. Uh, talk a little bit more about your background and history and who is Don Samuels and bring us up to the time where you were on the council and the folks that you had to work with, uh, ideas that you agreed with and some that you didn't. Yeah, so I am uh, originally from Jamaica. My dad was a Pentecostal preacher. My mom was a seamstress. We I had a low-income parish, I guess you could say, um, and we lived in a low-income community. I went to school in an upper-class community, so they walked back and forth to school for uh, about eight years um, every day. did have an impact on me on the disparities in income and the treatment of people and the prospects for people. So coming to America going to college here and studying design, seeing the great opportunities, getting to the great opportunities that were opened up just before I got here in 1970. Uh, so that just about every job I got, I was the only or the first African-American in that higher position in uh, the companies I worked at. So I have a deep sense of gratitude for the African-American community and the leadership of the civil rights movement. So I joined the first black church I could right after college to join the movement in a way and uh, was part of that community for a long time. So uh, Sandra and I got married and she agreed to join me in my pledge to live in a low-income community um, and we moved into the Jordan neighborhood in Minneapolis. Bullet came through our window and we got active to organize our neighbors for change and stabilizing our block and then our wider community. So they asked me to run for office. Um, I, I, I did miss the fact that I worked for three decades in the toy industry. I ran design departments for Hasbro Play School, Minton Bradley and others. And uh, so I have a kind of designer's mind and uh, went, ran for office um, with the fact that we could design our way out of the dysfunctions of our community and the functioning of the city to make real change and that there was no option. So that's the kind of spirit I went into. 
city council with. I was there for three terms. Then what I were was some of the things that you uh, worked on when you were on the uh, city council to help the city of Minneapolis? Well, a, a couple of things. I, w- I chaired the public safety committee. Uh, of co- that was sort of natural since I lived in the least safe part of the city. And, um, and uh, we were able to bring crime down by double digits uh, for about six, seven years in a row because we took a very uh, 360 approach to bringing crime down. Uh, everything from changing, um, I was also, the, the regulatory services committee, our function came under my committee. So we're able to change regulatory practices and oversight so that blight didn't just go unaddressed, which then uh, encourages crime. We also d- dealt with picking people up who were avoiding, uh, who, who were avoiding uh, their court dates and uh, making sure that we had good outreach in the community, etc. One, one uh, significant thing I did was to have a vigil every time someone was killed and, um, and had people the neighbors write in a notebook how they f- this homicide impacted them and brought that back to the council. And so sometimes there were dozens, sometimes literally hundreds of notes from neighbors who had been impacted. And that changed the council attitude towards North Minneapolis and brought significant resources to the community. And um, I didn't shame anybody, call them uh, careless or uncaring or apathetic. I just presented the reality of how people felt, that there was not a mythical group of people here who were tougher, more resilient, whose kids could learn in spite of trauma, that we were suffering just as any other human being under the worst of circumstances and we needed more resources. You know, it's interesting talking about your position as it relates to the police and working with the police to improve police and public safety in the city of Minneapolis versus the abolition of police, the abolishment, I should say, of police, uh, which is the call that Ilhan Omar uh, rose to some of the highest levels, uh, both in Congress but here uh, locally, and preached at some length. Uh, What are your thoughts about those two positions, both coming from a liberal perspective. The, the, the first position being? The being uh, reforming the police, but not yeah. abolishing okay. them. Yeah, well, we always felt that it was a both-and uh, ideal, not an either-or, that if we uh, decided that we abolished the police because it had problems, then we wouldn't have the safety we needed in the community. And if we uh, had the safety and pretended that police, policing didn't have an issue, then our community was um, not as uh, 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 perpetually unsafe, but incidentally unsafe. And so we needed to take care of both sides uh, because uh, we, we, live, we lived full lives. We were not segmented in parts, and the solution seemed to, uh, to treat us as if we were. And so we wanted good policing, just policing, and we wanted enough police to keep us safe. And when you say abolish the police, you embolden the criminal element 
and they feel that the endorsement is coming from the leadership of the community, which is horrible. And uh, so we, I was, we were frightened. In fact, that's why we filed a lawsuit to bring the numbers back up and a second lawsuit to make sure the charter change as proposed was clear. You know, and the community that uh, this protects and really creates increased public safety is the minority community in, in large part. Now, it expands to the broader community, certainly. Uh, but uh, at the, the beginning, and, 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 and the point of the spear is the minority community that is calling for police to come back to numbers uh, that make sense. Because for now, it's ridiculous, and it's become ridiculous. We're talking to Don Samuel, who is running for the 5th Congressional District House of Representatives seat, seeking the Democratic uh, nomination uh, against Ilhan Omar. Yeah, you know her. You've, You've heard of her, Ilhan Omar. Yeah. Well, that's one thing she has done. She has gained personal notoriety and if that's what uh the bullseye is in congress for our representatives eh, she's hit it beyond that missed the mark tremendously we're going to talk a little more about ilhan omar and the differences between omar and don samuels and how uh don samuels thinks he may fare in the upcoming election and how he gets through it victorious Stay with us. You're listening to the Victory Hour. We're going to be right back. Go to parkerdk.com. That's right, parkerdk.com. back it's the victory hour i'm andrew parker yes it is just smart plain talk that's all it is politics israel and the law this week we're talking politics here in the united states we're talking about 435 seats in the house of representatives and one of those is the fifth congressional district here in the state of minnesota who is going to be the voice who is going to Washington to fill one of those 435 and be the voice for the citizens of the 5th Congressional District. Who does represent the 5th Congressional District? Is it Ilhan Omar or is it going to be Don Samuels, our guest on the show today? I've known uh, Don for uh, probably uh, 20 years or more. A uh, longtime member of, uh, of you know, during important years on the city of Minneapolis City Council and uh, did some excellent work in the area of public safety, something that is near the top, if not the top issue for many living in the 5th Congressional District. If we don't have uh, public safety, none of the other issues that we debate and uh, express our opinions vitriolically even, really matter uh, because public safety is really at the core 
of government's function. So, Don, before we uh, broke, I I was uh, talking to you a bit about Ilan Omar and some of her positions. How would you describe uh, the difference between an Ilhan Omar representing the fifth and a Don Samuels representing the fifth? Well, you kind of hinted at this a little bit, Andrew, in the in the sense of um, the contrarian positions she takes in Congress and uh, on our behalf, and then ends up having us isolated from the rest of the country in decisions she makes. So, for instance, she's one of six Democrats to vote against the president's signature infrastructure bill. Uh, she was one of three Democrats joining every Republican to vote against funding to secure the Capitol after January 6th insurrection attempt. She was one of two Democrats to vote against implementing Russian oil sanctions. And uh, she was one of four Democrats to vote against the proposal to seize the assets of the Russian oligarchs. And uh, so over and over again, and then, of course, the icing on the cake was uh, the position she took here in our city, which is out of her jurisdiction, so to speak, or um, her function, against the mayor um, and against uh, our safety by demanding that a pub- uh, Minneapolis, public, uh, Minneapolis Police Department be uh, defunded. So what, what you see is someone who is really an activist, who takes an activist position on an issue, uh, uh, which would then come up against the system, and the system would be in- influenced by the activism, but it would not make policy along the lines of the activism. It would just be informed by activism. That's what activists do. They bring up maybe unpleasant, maybe difficult truths. They don't have a balanced view. They just want to champion this one cause. And then leaders factor that into policymaking. When a leader takes a policy type of view of issues, uh, 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 I'm sorry, a... a, uh, activist view of issues, then policy gets thrown off the rails. And um, and so she's really popular with the activist community, but she's becoming more and more out of touch with a regular citizen in the district. And I, I live here. I'm going to live here when I go to Congress, and I'm going to be in touch with folks. I'm going to have town hall meetings. I'm going to give good constituent service, which is not the case today, and I'm going to represent the views of the district in Congress. Well, you know, it, it, is, a, it is a stark uh, difference, certainly. You listed a number of votes uh, which make Ilhan Omar an outlier, clearly an outlier with, even within her own party. Uh, right. But beyond that, an outlier amongst both parties, most all politicians, 535 of them in the Senate and House in Washington, D.C., and she's, you know, uh, able to sit with, uh, you know, uh, 1% of them. <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah. And it's not even 10% where there are, you know, 50 or so that 
glommed together and might vote in a, in a, a strange way. It's it's the strange of the strange. It's those on the uh, uh, edge, far edge, uh, that she is a part of, and somewhat embarrassingly uh, represents uh, the city, uh, the city of Minneapolis, in that fringe way. So folks need to wake up. They need to understand that their voice is not being heard for having a better life here in the city of Minneapolis and look at uh, the alternatives. Even if you don't want to switch parties, which many people don't, they have very fundamental foundational views that match with a party platform. Uh, Is the person you're representing uh, that person that is carrying that platform? Uh, Because oftentimes... Ilhan Omar simply isn't. You know, uh, one of the uh, things that I uh, is, is very uh, important to me is the U.S.-Israel relationship. And uh, Israel is, is one of our most important strategic partners anywhere in the world, certainly the most important in the Middle East, a very critical area of the world. Uh, you know, I, I, I know that your worldview, Don, is broad. And uh, and while you did not uh, make policy as it relates to foreign policy, if you do become a member of Congress, you will, as I say, have one of 535 votes in uh, the U.S. House and Senate. And that's a very few number of people that drive policy. Yes, the president uh, governs uh foreign policy, but uh, Congress oftentimes has to vote on those issues. And Ilhan Omar uh, has taken votes, uh, again, less than 10 siding with her in, you know, the Turkey vote that she took not long ago was outrageous uh, in in support, you know, against, uh, what was it, the Armenians. Uh, frequently yeah. votes uh, against the state of Israel. Would your vote be different in the 5th Congressional District? Yes, uh, of course. As I said, uh, when you come to the table as an activist, you come representing one point of view, one aspect of the problem or the issue. And so you can disregard the others and um, and put the whole thing in danger. And so I'm coming to the table understanding that we're all human beings, that we all want the same basic things, that how we do it and how we go about it um, is usually the issue on the table. And um, and so we have to negotiate and we have to compromise. Uh, Congresswoman Omar doesn't really compromise. She has a my way or the highway view of negotiation. And that's why she finds herself in such minority positions on important issues. So I'm going to be willing, able to compromise, to negotiate, to, to bring my uh, personal skills and character to the table and uh, without alienating anybody, end up with the best possible outcome. You know, there's uh, no doubt those are strengths of Don Samuels, who we're talking to on the Victory Hour today. Uh, the uh, credibility, the integrity that he brings to politics 
is something that is missing. The ability to speak with those, not just on the other side of the aisle, but to listen to all thoughts and views in order to develop his own policy perspective uh, on issues. And that also is something that is uh, not found as often in the polarized world of Washington. Sending more Don Samuels to Washington could be quite helpful. Don, uh, before uh, we uh, uh, break for this uh, segment, I I did want to get your sense of what are the top issues you've been out on the campaign trail? What are the top issues people are talking about, are worried about as it relates to uh, the U.S. House and our voice in the 5th Congressional District? Yeah. Well, you know, the, a lot of people don't differentiate between governmental bodies. So the primary concern right now is, of course, public safety. And it is not just a Minneapolis problem. It's a District 5 problem. It's a national problem. And uh, it's even a capital problem. As you can yes. see, our senators had to run for cover. And, um, and so we had to shore up the security of the Capitol. And, of course, Congresswoman Omar voted against that because it involved more police for the Capitol. Um, and so uh, public safety is one. And related to that is the issue uh, at top of mind for everybody is the gun issue. Uh, that we have a proliferation of uh, weapons of war which are inappropriately in the hands of even children and uh, that children can buy uh, uh, an automatic weapon and then um, create lethal trauma on our community. And we have to arrest that in Congress. Um, and, of course, I know <laughs> they say that now the, the, the greatest cause for death among children is gunfire. And that's not because of the uh, mass shootings. It's because of Anaya and Trinity and London and the other kids who have been shot, many killed, in our city and cities across the country every and year. That's, and that's what happens when uh, we have the call for reducing public safety through police. Uh, police improvement is needed. Uh, but uh, abolishing police causes children to die. We're talking to Don Samuels uh, on the Victory Hour this wonderful Sunday, and we're learning about an alternative, an alternative voice to what we have had over the last several years representing us in the 5th Congressional District here in Minnesota, representing us in Washington, D.C. Don Samuels... uh, is a voice of reason, a different voice than we've been hearing. We'll be right back after this short break. You know, take a look at MyPillow.com because they've got fantastic products. Uh, They really do. And if you put in the offer code VICTORY, you'll get up to 66% off. VICTORY for 66% off. Also, go to ParkerDK.com, but don't take too long. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
We're back. It's the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and we're joined today by one-time Minneapolis City Council member Don Samuels and the reasonable one, the adult in the room, who is running for 5th District Congressional seat to represent that district in the House of Representatives. Uh, Don, on the other side of the break, we were talking about the the big policy issues that people in the fifth are focusing on for this upcoming very important uh, election. It could determine the House of Representatives. It certainly could determine a change for who's speaking for us in the fifth. What are the folks talking about other than uh, public safety that you and I have talked about at some length today? Well, certainly people are concerned about the economic disparities, the wealth gap that's growing, and uh, it's been growing for a while and out of balance with a healthy democracy. And so we're going to have to make some adjustments in um, how we govern and and, uh, how we intervene in the laissez-faire of the market to make sure that it is more just. Um, and, and, you know, some of those, some of the ways that the, the, those disparities show up, well, first of all, is education, right? Because if we don't have a good start, then we're not going to have a good finish. So we need uh, to make sure that the gaps start closing at the earliest of ages in early childhood and make sure that we provide resources for early childhood education and good uh, nurturing uh, uh, support for parents in early childhood institutions um, that will make them uh, better citizens and uh, independent contributors to the society. And then finally, I just want to give a shout-out for the whole issue of homelessness. People are really concerned about that. We've got people living in tent cities. It's a safety issue, but it's a moral issue. And uh, we're going to have to, I think the federal government, again, needs to get involved in the issue issue of uh, low-income housing and uh, homelessness to make sure that our folks are not sleeping on the streets and uh, that uh, a missed paycheck doesn't lead to you being homeless. You know, uh, all of those issues are so important. Uh, and they're important, and they should be, on, on both sides of the aisle. Uh, Democrats talk about them a lot, and getting uh, the right answers for them does not come from hyperbolic speech, which is what we get a lot from Ilhan Omar. Uh, it comes from rolling up your sleeves, working on the problem, working with a coalition of folks that can come together to push policy. That's what good government is. That's what Minnesota good government is. And Don Samuels uh, stands for that, uh, no doubt about it. You know, we've got big prices at the pump. Maybe we've got to work on mass transit. we got inflation. Maybe we've got to work on uh, easing uh, monetary policy. Uh you know, these are things that Don Samuels would be going to Washington uh, uh, to do. Don, tell us uh, if somebody uh, out there wants to uh, join your movement, the Don Samuels movement for the 5th Congressional District and retire Ilhan Omar, how can they or where can they go to help? Yeah, they go to donsamuels.com 
So it's pretty simple. And uh, there is a Get Involved link there that you can click on, and you'll have options as to how you would get involved. You just fill in your personal information. We'll reach out to you and get you involved. DonSamuels.com. It is uh, the place to go. Go there. We will talk with you next week when I think we're going to have Ron Latz on the uh, show. And if not, uh, it'll be you and I once again. Until then, have a great week. Talk a little politics, Israel, and the law. Just smart, plain talk. Thanks, Don. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. You've been listening to the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. For more information, go to parkerdk.com. Until next time, he leaves you with these words from Winston Churchill. All the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.